Hey, what's going on there, motivators? This is Dr. Drills Making Motivation Podcast. I think this might be the latest that I've left the left the office ever, or at least in a long time. It's almost 9 p.m., 8.30, or 8.50 to be exact. It's been a long day. First day back to the office after a beautiful vacation that I've already expounded on and shared with you. I don't want to rub it in, but uh, it was great. Did all the things that are wonderful to do on vacation. Chilled the fuck out. I ate my fill of wonderful, rich seafood, apps, had more beers than I probably should have, laughed, carried on, stayed up late, hung out in the breakers, that little area, just beyond the surf, where the waves break. You know, the area where you float up and down, you can just kind of see those waves coming. And you just give a little push. Your knees are bent, you're down in the water, but touching the ground. You spring up and just come over the crest of that wave. There's no reason to crane your neck. My wife does this thing, and a lot of other people do that, where they awkwardly kind of crane their neck and brace themselves. What I like to do you know, to evade the wave. What I like to do is I just freaking dance on the bottom of that freaking ocean floor. Feel the sand, the occasional shell, maybe some quartzite, <clears throat> which is interesting. Uh, quartzite, I believe, is the common stone that comprises most of the eastern seaboard shores, at least the southern aspects, mid-Atlantic states and stuff, whereas you go up into... Um, you know, freaking New England and stuff, you get some rocks up in Maine, it's really rocky. Whereas down to Connecticut on down, down to Florida, it's all sand. And what is, what kind of rocks are those? Like, we're, we're in those breakers, and a friend of mine was like, you know, a family member we were down there with was like, yeah, you know, what kind of rocks are these? You know, they're quartz. I believe they're quartzite. And that's what, that's what sand is made out of, bigger stones. And so you get enough of that rock that's relatively brittle. And the salt water works on that. The uh, erosion of this at the shore where these rocks, the Earth's crust, lives there. And you get all these waves, just wave after wave. They don't have to be big, like in a storm or fucking white squall. Just get that constant ebb and flow of the tides and the waves breaking on the shore and it makes those big rocks into small rocks which are sand you'll see the images online about certain tropical areas where there's a lot of coral and the sand it doesn't look like it because you're walking on it and laying down on it and shit but the sand is actually microscopic organisms um, single cell bacteria uh, what the hell are they call them? Not plankton. Diet diatoms. You know, they're little single cell organisms that, just like a clam, they create this little shell, and the shells are really ornate looking. Looks like a chandelier or something. Different, different types of diatoms. 
we use this in pools for filters and shit called diatomaceous earth. Probably other applications too. It's really fine. That's what limestone is made of. The white cliffs of Dover. You ever see pictures of those in Britain or where the fuck that is? Um, that's all limestone. Countless compacted diatoms, I believe. That's what limestone is made of. Anyway, quartzite is what makes sand. Right? Whereas if we're up, we're out in for again some uh, volcanic area, some area where you've got um, volcanic activity, like Hawaii. They're no, they're known for their black sand beaches. You get lava, which and turns into those lava rocks like you put in a certain grills and shit. Everybody knows what they look like. That lava breaks down with erosion and turns into this black sand. That's what that's what's going on there. It's pretty simple. Um, anyway, I like to be there in the breakers for again, let my cares just float away. The whole idea is yes, the ocean is a, a very precarious place. It can be calm and beautiful, tranquil, uh, aquamarine hues and salty air and seagulls floating on the wind. And it can be fucking squalls and storms and crashing and crazy vortexes, vortices, currents, all kinds of shit, right? It's nuts. So I choose to be just just outside of the breakers, just on the seaside of the breaker. And you're safe from where the waves are crashing there. And then, at least if it's calm enough out there, you can just float up and down. When the wave comes in, you just effortlessly push off the bottom and then spring back down like a coiled fucking jack-in-the-box or something. wonderful, right? Anyway, that's where I'm coming back from. I got a couple topics I want to talk about outside of vacation. Um, A couple. I'm going to knock them out real quick because I'm getting close to home. First of all, in the Olympics. All right. We've been talking about Olympics. It's a good conversation piece. I say the Olympics are awesome. I like to see fair play. I like to see um, good sportsmanship. Uh, Last night when Katie Ledecky lost in the whatever, 400 meter uh, freestyle till she lost to this Aussie girl. Um, something titmus. I call it a titmouse or titties. This Aussie girl, they had a nice story about her. She's competing. She, you know, been very um, competitive and maybe have had beaten world championships or whatever race she'd beaten Ledecky before and so she beat her last night, she won the gold Ledecky won the silver, that's okay with me, Simone Biles awesome, unbelievable, she's proved that over time and again if she doesn't win a thousand gold medals this time around, I'm cool with it I'd like to see somebody else on the American team or somebody else across the world do well there's a Russian or Uzbeki 
uh, whatever you call that, somebody from Uzbekistan, I think it is, this woman who uh, is 46, which is my age, and she's she made it, competed, this is her last Olympics. You know, she's 46, doing fucking crazy maneuvers. You know, that is an accomplishment. That's phenomenal. And it's okay if it's your, if you, you know, just to, to have done that, that's more of an accomplishment than any of the bullshit. You know, I don't, reigning champions and it's got to be as fast as you were 20 years ago. And, you know, Michael Phelps and records that go on contested and all that shit. You know, it's impressive. When you see an Olympian, you, you always want to root for them. But there, to me, there's no good guys and bad guys. I like to see fair play, good competition. I like to see that. I, I like to see less tribalism. Uh, what's my analogy for that? Recent thing in the news, Philadelphia here, or down Gino, Pats or Geno's stakes down there in Philly, uh, which in my opinion both suck. And it's not where you should get a cheesesteak from if you come to the area. Plenty of great mom and pop shops around here. You get a wonderful cheesesteak at. It's better than quality than that crap. Anyway, it's a you know it's an attraction. So somebody's down there getting a cheesesteak, and they're arguing over a parking space, and then they're arguing over Eagles Giants rivalry. The guy shot a guy. He killed a guy over a cheesesteak parking space and football preferences. It's fucking dumb. And that's tribalism at its worst. And so in the Olympics, let's comprise it of tribalism at its best. You know, like, okay, nationalism, I think it's we're beating a dead horse with it. Just because we did good yesterday, it's great. We have that precedent to, main, to maintain, hopefully. We set the precedent. We have to maintain that standard. Yes, we should train hard. Yes, we should strive to beat everybody and be the best. But if we fall short sometimes, hey, guess what? We had it coming. Guess what? The Eagles won the friggin', you know, Super Bowl, beat the Patriots. Unbelievable. Um, don't expect them to do it the next year. Might not happen. The Dream Team kicked ass in basketball. Uh, back in the 80s, fucking Magic Johnson out there doing his thing, and Michael Jordan, Pippen, and whoever the fuck else. And we beat everybody. Well, guess what? People are catching up with us now. They're getting other, other uh, countries are getting better. So, you know, we need to up our game. We need to understand that you're not always going to be on top, that the graph rises and the graph falls. That's what I got to say about the Olympics. So, I, yeah, I want the U.S. to win, but if they don't, I'm fucking cool with that. And you should be happy understanding that you're not going to win every race and you're not going to have a, all your days aren't going to be good. You know, so you're going to be ups and downs to life. All right, so that's the Olympics. Next, I want to talk about anxiety. Okay? Are, are you anxious? I know that I get anxious. I got anxious today. All right? Found out that uh, due to some bullshit billing oversight, my web um, hosting company, one-in-one internet, who I've been with for a decade or more, that hosting company, you take your, you build a website, and the website gets, that's where you build it on that platform, so it's not expensive, 60 bucks, 100 bucks a year, 
well, I was delinquent, unbeknownst to me. I wouldn't know if they sent me a bill or they probably had a credit card on file. I wouldn't know if I actually got a bill from them, an invoice of any sort, because they're fucking, as you know, being associated with this company, I get constant barrages of email uh, solicitations for other services and da-da-da-da-da. So they didn't call, they didn't contact, strive to contact me. They just made my website go dark today. And so if my business really depended on, you know, on that contract, then, you know, you know, people see the website, they might want to be interested in, in, you know, find me online, and then they get to the website to make an appointment, we have, you know, direct links that take them to, to our new patient forms and all that shit. If they go and they say, oh, okay, they might see us as not so professional if our website's got a fucking blind link there. You know. So, um, <clears throat> anyway, pissed at those clowns. I was stressed about that. And it, well, my webmaster, Bill Gill, from friggin' Workhorse Visionary, is the man. So he's going to make this all go away. But uh, it's going to take a few days. Uh, but I had to wire these assholes $65.00 because there was a delinquent. I never paid a bill late in my fucking life, intentionally. So, uh, $65 is not a pimple on my fucking hairy ass. So, I'm not going to make or break me. Just put my fucking websites up, you assholes. I'll smack your face. Um, I won't smack your face, but I'm going to give you a talking to. I'm going to make fun of you a little bit. Talk shit behind your back. Because you're fucking with me, man. Fucking with my, with my livelihood and my practice. Which is, I work hard to run a good shop, good business. So I was stressed. Are you stressed? Do you not like your job? Uh, are your relationships not all fulfilling? Um, have you, you know, you got fucking... Um, you know, interpersonal challenges, are you scared of the dark, of thunderstorms, of, um, do you stress eat, do you substance abuse, do you, you know, fail to manage your stress well on some occasions, well, guess what, so does I, so do I, so does everybody else, I talked to a patient this evening, as we're discussing some challenges that my kids have, um, you know, we're going to be returning. You know, we got a month left until school starts, and we're going to be returning to school. And we're trying to get back to, quote-unquote, normal. And we got the Delta variant and all this shit, and it's scary out there. Um, so, talking to this woman whose children are older now... And she's talking about the counseling that her kids had and all these concerns and stuff that the kids had and fears that we feel might be unfounded or, you know, tell people just to suck it up or, you know. <clears throat> she told me a story. There's a couple of cool things. Uh, bottom line being, we all have anxiety. We're all stressed out, especially these days, Okay. Uh, there was a little, however, there was a little um, meme that I posted yesterday that said, you know, it was somebody complaining about the current 
world, like modern society. Oh, I wish I would be a guy with a mountain, sitting sitting before a mountain of paperwork that says, you know what, I, this freaking modern times are ridiculous. I wish I bid lived way back when. And then it shows uh, the actual art artist's rendition from medieval times, where um, the actual time period, not the fucking entertainment thing where they were on a battlefield two knights and with their pointy shoes and their fucking chain mail and swords and lances and stuff and a guy had fallen on the battlefield and another guy was sticking a, a lance up his ass and you know like this is what modern this is what we we hearken for we those oh back in the day things were much simpler yeah they were fucking simple you know talk about first world problems we have now right it's not to say that times now aren't stressful just that we need to, we can work through this, we can get through it, we're going to be okay. I'm human, I'm stressed, I'm anxious, areas of my life are somewhat unfulfilled, I work on it every day, I fight back, I put points on the board for the good guys, that's what we do, we struggle through it. For lack of these struggles, we would be lesser beings, right? Stress is kind of life and negotiating obstacles, passes the time makes us feel like we can we can overcome things so something that that this woman told me that her daughter an analogy that the the, her daughter's counselor who was particularly effective said was useful was that you take a snow globe glitter globe or whatever you shake it that's anxiety and then you let that sit for a few minutes all that glitter all the snow it settles back down and that is what anxiety is. We all have these moments where um, our heart rate increases and we can't feel like we can't breathe and we're sweating and we are, we're, we're physically and mentally stressed out. We're going through the stress response. And you just to understand that, yes, everybody friggin' experiences this and the glitter is going to fall to the ground and things are going to calm down. Just like every every storm, you know, sooner or later the sun is going to rise and you're going to have a clear sky, right? Just like night turns to day, there's a yin and a yang to everything. Vacation. You chill out, you friggin' overindulge, you relax, you sleep in, you get nasty. Then you get kind of tired and disgusted about yourself. Then you want to, <clears throat> you know, take better care of yourself sleep in, get proper rest, exercise, do the things that are healthy for you to do. So, that was the one analogy. The second one is that they were in whatever grade her daughter was in, all the parents and kids went in there, and whoever was leading the thing said, okay, all parents and kids who have anxiety, go to one side of the room. Go to this side of the room. You know, everybody was over there. Every motherfucker who was honest took a little swig there. Every little motherfucker that was honest was over on that side of the room. And isn't there a strength in that? Isn't there an awareness in that? That we all have the same problems, more or less. We all have the same struggles, more or less, in this life. We all go through it. If you look at same thing with Olympians. You say, everybody get on this side of the stadium if you have problems with anxiety, if you have some mental health challenges. 
you're going to get anybody who's honest because you know that athletes, super competitive human beings, they're very hard on themselves. So they deal with anxiety and depression, fucking A. Not to say that it's, you know, to be dismissed as, you know, suck it up, everybody deals with it. But take some sort of refuge, some solace, small amount of solace in the reality that everybody is going to go through this shit. And that connects us. That solves the problem there. It helps to solve it because you don't feel like you're an island. You know, as they say, be nice to people, be kind, because everyone is fighting a battle you know nothing about. And to dismiss somebody else's problems or stresses, you know, as lesser or greater than yours is arrogant, stupid. It's a small idea. Okay, that's the second topic, anxiety. This is related. It's substance abuse, you know. So I talked to a guy this morning, had some challenges with his his kids. Kids are growing up, teens and 20s, and uh, one of his kids had a substance abuse issue. And he recently found that, in the past, and recently found that that, uh, the child, the the young adult, rather, um, discovered some bottles clanking in 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 the closet. You know, like empty bottles. Empty wine bottles, empty liquor bottles. That is a... It is a red flag. You know, it's because... They were inside these bags, like, you know, cloth bags or shopping bags or whatever. You got bottles of wine in there. That is, when somebody does that, that means they're hiding their behavior. They're hiding their drinking. Uh, I know this because there were many years where I drank so much that I was, you know, like when I was in grad school. I would drink wine, and, you know, when a small bottle wasn't enough, I would drink a two-liter bottle. When that wasn't enough, I'd go for more bang for my buck, and I'd get a jug. So these big jugs of Chianti and, you know, whatever, Burgundy, it didn't taste particularly well. And if you drank too much of it, it would almost give you like a... You knew you weren't drinking it for, you know, a, a little little aperitif, a little little dinner drink or kicking back with your buddies having a couple glasses of wine. This was habit drinking. This was killing pain after a long day of stress and studying and exams and, you know, this is what we did. This is what I did. And so I would have a recycling bin that was overflowing with wine bottles. And there were times where I was like, you know, I'm embarrassed of my recycling bin. So I would... I would put it in the the trash can or go out to the dumpster and throw it in there. There's other times where I had, you know, bottles or boxes of wine and I would, you know, try to discard them quickly. Like I I didn't want it to be discovered that, wow, I was drinking that much. And I was hiding it. Anybody who's anybody's had this problem. You know, I'm putting my cards on the table because... You know, I I talked to somebody today and had this little epiphany coming back from vacation. Uh, I probably had a six-pack a day. You know, we would go out to dinner at a nice brewery and, 
you know, they have the food pairings and the beautiful art and the decor, and it's just a really impressive uh, thing that is now going on with microbreweries and wineries and such. I appreciate the culinary aspects of it, the, um, the artistic aspects of making anything, of making a, a, a new food dish, of trying a new food, a new hot sauce. On vacation, we went to a place called uh, Pepper Place, the Pepper Place, or it was hot, hot sauce and shit like that. So we went in there and tried different hot sauces and different barbecue sauces, and it was delicious. And I appreciated the aspect of that. Same thing with beer, same thing with wine. Uh, some people are even into, like, sipping, like, spirits, like, distilleries and stuff. I mean, to me, that's fucking crazy. If you can go to a distillery and take a shot of whiskey or go to, like, the Jack Daniels distillery, fucking crazy sipping this shit, it's like gasoline, it's going to fuck you up and it's going to make you, it's going to build a very strong habit, man, it's powerful stuff, so, this guy was talking to me, oh, so, so, I'm sorry, so come unclean, I had a drink problem when I was, you know, from the time that, that I was a young man in my teens, we drank. Pine Barrens, going out to the woods, wood parties, beer balls, keg parties, uh, drinking your parents' liquor, filling it up with water, uh, having people buy beer for you that had mustaches and beards prematurely. You know, that was what we did. I'd go and join the Marine Corps. We freaking trained our asses off and then we hit the bar beat each other up, chased after the ladies, and got into all kinds of tomfoolery. Some of the best times of my life. But, you know, you do that long enough, it gets out of hand. You gain weight, you fucking build a habit, you find yourself with a DUI, never had, thankfully. I was always a little smarter than the rest. You know, get yourself in some trouble. It's kind of what we did as young people. Uh, it's what my, me and my crew did anyway. It brought an end to at least one of our lives recently, my buddy Z, last year. And um, and so I'm not proud of that behavior. I feel a little guilty having you know, done that very powerfully for many years. I always say, like with point of pride, like I always had a healthy fear, and so I would never get too out of hand. But I overindulged many times, which... Again, if you're an adult today and you got any stories to tell, you've done this. You've lived this kind of life. But when I was on vacation last week, I, you know, I had probably six pack, eight beers a day, go out to eat, drink a few beers at at a brewery, take a growler home, you know, get a little tune on. I did it. I don't feel... Like, um, I guess my point is this. If you live at all, if you're social at all, if you you have had any experience in this life, if you make it to 30 years of age and you haven't had a quasi-substance abuse problem, 
you're rare, you know. So when I hear about young people uh, having problems, you know, uh, we talk about hard drugs, but alcohol is notorious. You know, some of the the you know, drugs like marijuana or you know whatever else. I never did any other shit, but alcohol is up there. Alcohol ruins plenty of lives. You get carried away with it, it'll fuck your day up. It'll fuck your family up and everything else. So, I'm listening to this guy tell me a story about his his child who's having a, a struggle. Found all these clanky bottles in there and sat her down and had a conversation. And, you know, reflecting back on my life. And way that my children are developing and what I want them to experience and just how crazy and fragile and stressful and wonderful this life can be. And I feel like at this point, you know, there's some people who's talking about, well, you know, how his child had this problem and that the deal is abstinence is if you've had an addiction that you shouldn't partake at all. And I agree that that's probably for the best. But I know a lot of people who have have had their challenges with substance abuse and have, you know, gotten away from it for a long time. Like for a long time after I quit cold turkey, I didn't have anything. No beer, no wine, no nothing. Because I it was scary, the potential for me to have a, uh, you know, get back into the trance. But you know what? I felt like I had enough of a, a bad experience. I basically talked myself in, or I dragged myself into an anxiety state where if I didn't get that stimulus daily, then I would, um, I would get very anxious. So I was treating al- anxiety with alcohol, which is extremely common, you know. Um, but I feel like I kind of killed that demon a little bit. Having children, having you know, being a family man, having responsibilities, plenty of stress there, but it compels me. There's something a lot stronger than, you know, getting a little high or whatever. Like, I can do without that shit. Do without the extra weight, do without the, um, the anxiety, do without wasting my money on the crap. But I feel like I'm at a point right now where... I actually really enjoy, if I go out to dinner, I'm going to get a beer. I'm going to try a new one. Um, I don't feel like I want to drink a six-pack. You know, I think that this is partially a function of age, where you just realize, okay, I'm not going to drink for, again, you know, eat beers and drive home, or I don't need to, you know... You just don't. You just don't need it. It's not. It's not as important. And I think just maturity can be a driving force in growing people up and making them realize that okay, I can be. I can function without this stuff. Now, this is related, in my view, to um, the anxiety. Because, like I said, I've treated anxiety with alcohol. Extremely common. What I want to do after a long, hard week, long, hard day working, I earned it. I'm going to sit on that couch. I'm going to watch the Olympics. I'm going to drink a beer. 
I think that's completely healthy in one sense, but we all have to appreciate that this shit can go off the rails. And we talk about alcohol and anxiety and depression. It's well known that alcohol is a depressant. So you drink enough of it, it's gonna. you're trying to get yourself to a, a positive headspace. Very, very difficult to work through that. Because it's going to drop, it's going to fuck with your mood, it's going to fuck with your energy, it's going to cause a whole host of problems that will screw you over. And so, um, not my professional opinion, I have no expertise other than my experience in this area, but I feel as though know, at least when it comes to um, alcohol consumption, it's socially acceptable. It's all over the marketplace. You can see billboards and TV ads for alcohol, for beer and tequila and everything else. And these microbreweries that I mentioned, you know, this guy mentioned that his child, uh, young adult, would uh, attend barbecues and stuff and would say that oh it's okay you know it was asked can you deal with this other is it okay if other people have a beverage or, or two are you going to be is it going to bother you because we'll make it no alcohol and the person said no I'm fine it's okay it's impossible essentially to um, to go to a barbecue or to go to a sporting event or go out to dinner without this substance being foisted upon you, you know, it's, uh, or at least being available. So we have to, I think like most things, we have to identify if we have a problem and be aware of that and um, have enough experience to know whether or not this is something that we can responsibly use if it's appropriate for us. Anyway, just my two cents on substance abuse and um, substances in general. You know, we go on and on about the war on drugs and the irony that alcohol is legal and it fucks so many people over. And again, how rampant stress is and anxiety and all that stuff and the way different people deal with it going back to that real quick, I know adults, you know, if you're talking about your kids and concern that people are going to go back to the classroom and masks or no masks and who do I trust and who, who's being safe and there's a lot of game changer sort of scenarios that, that make this a huge quagmire for people, but You know, we're going to get through it. We're going to improvise, adapt, and overcome. We're going to, it's going to take the empathy and the knowledge, uh, appreciating that other people have the same problems as us, and we need to talk about them. One thing about anxiety is that, you know, people, there's still, you know, people used to suck this stuff up all the time, right? They'd never admit that they had a problem, or they'd be like, oh, what's up with her? She's got anxiety. All right. Again, the pole of the classroom, the snow globe, it's going to settle. Be confident that it's going to end. Believe that it's going to end. And once that's happened for you, well, then you can 
rebuild and you can predict it and you can know that it's not going to be not going to die in most cases so some things I thought important to talk about so there's been some uh, got at least one inquiry of a friend who listens periodically and uh, I had mentioned something about having guests on and I I like to talk about whatever, man. We, it doesn't have to be too heavy. Obviously, I have no problem putting my cards on the table about different things. Um, I don't have any secrets in this world. I like life is better like that <clears throat> for me. But I'm happy to talk about things that are a little bit lighter. And if you want, you can do like a call-in where we'll just set it up and I'll call at a particular time and we're going to talk about the Olympics what's going on with this or talk about whatever you want to talk about we'll decide on a topic based upon current events try to keep it something that's not going to offend anybody and it's got to be an honest issue it can be funny it can be serious it can be whatever the hell you want but certainly would love to have people you know it's on the one hand i've mentioned it's kind of nice not having uh to um it's a little bit of work you know there's a lot of people that are not so comfortable expressing themselves and it's important to know that you know you don't have to sound like a fucking disc jockey um, if you want to talk about something you're comfortable coming on telling a story keeping a life love to do that you know love to have some guests because there's probably some shit that I'm missing also sometimes I feel like I have a good rhythm and a good, like tonight I feel like I got the gift of the gab, and which is ironic because it's been a long fucking day, but on another occasion I might be, you know, may be making no sense whatsoever. That's called life as well, you know, sometimes you're on, sometimes you're off, peaks and valleys, motherfuckers. All right, so... Everybody have a good night. I'm going to go freaking eat dinner at 9.30 at night. Love and respect. <laughs>